hits the plane, and then the second one takes off the jet, and then he like pulls out a pistol, and he doesn't fire because he's finally realized, yeah. oh crap, I that doesn't hit, work. I can't, <laughs> I can't hit a plane. Yeah, even if I hit it, what's it gonna do? Like turn around? Yeah, let me land. All right, welcome to another episode of the Gazebo Effect podcast. This is the next installment of the MCU Rewatch Friday. Today, I'm joined by my last new guest for a little bit. Bebop, Brandon Handy. <laughs> yes. That's what they call me. That's what they, that's what they call you. The robots. The, ro- <laughs> the robots call you that? Yeah. Oh, I forgot we're not talking about Ultron. Not Never yet. That's, yeah. that's, that's the next time. Brandon is quite a big MCU fan, a friend of mine, obviously. Um, so I really wanted to bring him in to talk to, about the Avengers movies. It's going to be interesting having, Brandon, your perspective, because all you're watching, um, all, you're, all you're talking about is just the Avengers films with me. Just yeah. kind of jumping around. Yeah, and I do love the Avengers films. He's also a very big Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan. Yeah, Black I've Cole. watched all the episodes. Actually... I watched them through twice. Like, I binged the, you know, season one through six, and then I binged it again, back to back, because I liked oh it gosh. so much. That's dedication right there. Brandon, what did you think? What was your overall opinion, just shooting from the hip, about Avengers 1? You know, it's funny. I watched Avengers 1 when it came out. I have no recollection of what I thought when I was a kid watching it. But now it's like I remember every part of the movie. I really like it. I think it has this like kind of classic, funny feel, but like a really, it, it's like a good transition from what superhero films used to be into what kind of they're turning into now with the new MCU universe. Uh, watching it again the other day, I just felt like it kind of brought back the memories of what I remember from. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of films that I grew up with, like, uh, uh like like Spider Man, like the first right. Spider Mans, to the like the X Men films, yeah, or like something. X, like and but now it's like the it was like all right, let's transition people into this new way of doing superhero films, and I thought it was a really good easing in of it. I guess. I mean, it was a radical new idea. Yeah. And it was it was kind of a it was kind of a risky move. They had some successful franchises going, but they didn't know exactly where to go with making the movie. So Joss Whedon, when they brought him in, I guess he made some changes kind of right away to try to like keep it steered on course, and everything just kind of worked out, which is interesting because he's he's kind of not in the superhero game. Yeah. anymore but back then like especially right after this movie he was the the top of the line in terms of superhero film directors yeah good old joss whedon he kind of looks like the guy from mythbusters to me oh he does he does look like the guy from mythbusters really in like fact i thought he was I at one point was really <laughs> he, could, he does everything if he had now i'm like 14 years old when avengers one came out but i was all in i'd seen all of the things leading up to it and so I was just, like, giddy, excited. Something interesting that I wanted to point out that I didn't know before. Um, it was, A, it was still produced by Paramount. Um, Disney bought, I think Disney bought Avengers right in the middle of producing this movie. Wow. So, um, that's why, like, when it came out, it was listed as Disney. But if you watch the movie the, in the opening, whatever, there's Paramount. It was also written by not just Joss Whedon. It was also co-wrote by Zach Penn, who wrote The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, and that was such a different movie from this. Yeah, so that, that, was, that threw me for a loop. But it's like the part where Bruce Banner mentions that he tried to like kill himself, which references the deleted scene, Incredible Hulk. 
it's like Zach Penn like wanted to write it back into canon because they didn't put it in the movie i just thought that was interesting and they tried he kind of goes out of his way to mention incredible hulk like two times but that's it you know it's funny i uh i always growing up i thought the avengers was good but like i really looking back now like watching it now i just think it's such a great movie but it's so funny how my opinion has changed I remember when I, I was a senior in high school, I went to prom and we all got shirts underneath our tuxes. Right. So when we opened them up, it was like, you know, Spider-Man, Superman, um, I think it was maybe Incredible Hulk. A couple of, like, there was a couple of us lined up and the only shirt they had available at Walmart was the vendor shirt. And I was like, that's not really a superhero, but it's the only one they had, so I... I thought I was, like, really lame because, like, oh, I'm just Avengers. But now I'm, like, I feel like that's the – like, looking back at that picture, I'm, I'm like, I'm the best one. Yeah. Avengers is the best. Yeah, yeah. Most most successful. I mean, unless someone someone else had a Captain America shirt. But at that time, Captain America uh, Winter Soldier hadn't come out, I don't think. Right. And um, I thought Captain America 1 was good, but – It is really good, but Winter Soldier, like – Winter Soldier, Yeah. And it ties into Avengers too, so yeah, and and I think Captain America is is good in this movie, but he's not great in this movie. Yeah, like he really he doesn't. Up. He kind of he doesn't get a lot of the lines. It definitely follow. It straight up follows Captain America one because of the Tesseract, and he's just like you should have left it in the ocean. But other than that. I don't know. It's kind of like they they have to find a way to bring him back into the world. Yeah. And he like doesn't understand any of the technology, which they they handled that really well. It's pretty fun, actually. I thought that was some of the fun parts of him not yeah. understanding things and gosh, the funniest part of the movie, one of the funniest parts of the movie is when uh he hands Fury ten dollars. Yeah. That I can't remember really what for. What was it? It was like he well, saw he said he said at this yeah. point nothing would surprise me. And then t- Nick Fury said, 10 bucks says you're wrong. And then the helicarrier goes up. Yeah. Like he didn't, he thought it was like an aircraft carrier. Yeah. I want to kind of bounce back to the beginning. I didn't really even notice till this time that there's that one guy. I only knew because I'm, I'm one of those guys that watches everything with subtitles. But the the guy that's like, to challenge <laughs> You know, like he's yeah. like so weird. He's called the other, apparently. What, he, when what part is this? The the Chitari guy, the only Chitari that ever speaks in this movie. Yeah, the one that's talking to Loki. Yeah. So like that beginning scene, they pack a lot into his like opening line. Yeah. Because he talks about how he talk he's talking to Thanos. Yeah. And he's saying our ally, which is Loki, will lead the Chitari army. He will get the Earth you will get the universe because he's getting the Tesseract conquering earth and then giving the Tesseract to Thanos. What doesn't make sense about that, which I think they didn't totally intend to do this, but they give him the mind stone, but he doesn't know that Yeah, in the scepter. But I don't feel like Thanos would just willy nilly hand out an infinity stone to someone he barely trusts. Yeah. I, I always thought that was weird. And there was almost, like, no focus on the Mind Stone. It's just, like, everything's focused on the Tesseract when the Mind Stone's right there. So maybe it was, like, that part of Thanos giving it to him didn't really make sense. But he did mind control people, and he used the... He even used it from, like, a distance to mind control the Avengers and Nick Fury all in another room. Yeah. and Of the Helicarrier. So it's, like, it's kind of led to but it's also not <laughs> yeah there's that upside down shot where they're all arguing yeah. and then it's like <laughs> yeah um that part makes Dutch me dizzy tilt and two. uh you know there's a is it at the end of avengers i when i was watching i actually fell asleep um is it at the, at the end of avengers where the i think when the other is saying to you know to fight the avengers is to court death yeah yeah and, and then Thanos it's Thanos. Turns, but it's like different cgi thanos because they did it better later you know i thought i thought um so i'm kind of going into you know something else way farther but i want to talk about it now before i forget it's okay but uh 
he says to to fight the Avengers. I'm I'm not quoting this exactly. To fight the Avengers is to court death. And I thought that that's funny because in the comics, the reason Thanos comes to you know get the Infinity Stones is because he's dating Death, and Death says he wants to he wants to date Death anyway. Yeah, he wants he wants to marry Death, and she's like, you have to kill half the universe, and that's his motivation. And then he's and then you know the other says to fight them is to court Death, and then he's like smiling, and I thought that was well, yeah, because it's like they were. Lead, they were obviously building towards Infinity yeah. Gauntlet. Well, Even comic, back then. The comic is called Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War. There's actually an Infinity War comic, too. It's still about Thanos. But I think, yeah, even then, Joss Whedon was planning towards that. The CGI was horrible. And but, some of but, the, but some of the CGI is good. The CGI of Thanos. Compared yes, the to CGI what it is. of Thanos yeah. specifically is bad. <laughs> He's just like, this bit, he almost looks he like... He looks red. He doesn't even. Yeah, look it's purple. like a very. It's a. It's like an early CGI of the Hulk, <laughs> but they just painted him some other color. And they put some lines on it. <laughs> and blue. Yeah, and then, yeah, reddish, purplish paint. I, yeah, I think Joss Whedon was like building towards it. <clears throat> we'll definitely talk more about the the fall of Joss Whedon next time, just because he was like big on the Avengers train, and then Avengers: Age of Ultron sort of broke him. Yeah. So. He was he was out, and then of course when the Russos came in, they kind of changed it up a little bit. I like some new characters in this movie. It's crazy how they have all of these characters they're bringing into one movie, trying to make them all fit in nicely, and then they still add new characters, and uh, including Mariah Hill, which is um, the girl from How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. She was really good, just like a high level Shield agent. Yeah, her name's like Colby something. Colby Smolders. Colby Smolders. Yeah. What a cool name. What a cool name. Yeah. Um, but she's really good. At the beginning, he. Um, she's an age. She kind of connects to Angels of Shield as well. Right, and then she comes back in Winter Soldier. I don't really understand why she's there in Age of Ultron, besides that she was in the first Avengers movie. But it works out. It's yeah. fine. Um, I love Nick Fury in this movie. They made Samuel Jackson run, which he was really mad about. Is that in uh, when he's running after the the nuke or the bird? So he kind of kind of does a light, small jog right then. Um, yeah. but, but at the beginning of the movie, he's like running out of the oh, facility. The facility that's crashing. Yeah. But I think one of the shots is not him, and then the other shot is him. But he was like, yeah. It's so funny because Samuel Jackson looks so young, but he's not. And he was like very adamant about like I will not run. But he still, they still kind of made him do it. Just go back and watch Avengers again and take note of how many times um, Samuel L. Jackson almost shoots a helicopter, but ne- with his with his nine millimeter. <laughs> that's or what I put, he, that's he, actually wrote that down. I put shoots from helicopter with pistol or aims a pistol at a plane that's like a mile yeah, away already. So many times, and it's like, yeah. And then then at the when he's chasing the the nuke, he like. He like shoots a you know bazooka whatever the like RPG RPG and called, yeah. um, hits the plane and then the second one takes off the jet and then he like pulls out a pistol and he doesn't fire because he's finally realized yeah. oh crap <laughs> I that doesn't hit, work <laughs> I, can't, I can't hit a plane <laughs> yeah even if I hit it what's it gonna do like turn around yeah let me land goodness which is crazy because that means that the security council sent out two planes with nukes just in case one didn't make it or something yeah fury's gonna try to shoot the second one i betcha <laughs> but yeah the, i did want to talk about what you thought what did you think of the cgi in general not outside of thanos at the end just the movie itself um i thought the cgi was pretty good i, I really thought that the hulk transforming you know ben, bruce banner transforming into the hulk they did a really good job on that. It was improved. Upon. Especially for the time. Um, yeah, from Incredible Hulk to then, it's like, oh, crap. They really, you know, I'm always angry. Or, uh... Uh, Luke pointed out when we were talking about Incredible Hulk that this this Hulk actually looks like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. A lot more. Than the, uh, the original. Than the Incredible Hulk, yeah. Like, he wasn't just made up. Like, like, they intentionally. Norton. Well, they did, they did motion capture, too. Yeah. But the other one's like kind of looks like Edward Jordan, but not really. Yeah, this one this one does look like Bruce Banner, and it's kind of 
surprising at first. It's the first time you saw it. I remember the first time seeing it, I thought, whoa, that looks... Really good. I, I, I thought the face looked weird, because I was used to the other one. But yeah. I was like, but they did look, you know, it looks like him. I think, he has a, I think he's a little bit lighter shade of green, which I think that's just the the color palette of this movie like the movie got this movie was really bright um, yeah and kind of not flashy flashy saturated it's very saturated which was a smart move because they have some really stark um stark contrast (laughs) i know i've I've made this dark contrast joke now twice It's, it's bad i like um how natasha is put into the movie um with like in a russian interrogation and then Coulson's like, Barton's been compromised. And then she's yeah. just attack mode right then. I'm working. <laughs> yeah, I'm working. Like, she's she's like, are you kidding? I'm working right now. You know, there's a, a ton of the reversed... Like, in the MCU universe, I want to point out, they started out with Black Widow. And then it's like Black Widow teaches everybody in the MCU about reverse negotiation or whatever, where or reverse... The person being in, in go. Uh, in, sorry, reverse interrogation, right. where the person being interrogated acts scared or like, oh my gosh, what are you going to do? And then the person, you know... Tells them, oh, let me tell yeah, you the, my master I'm, plan. Yeah, yeah. And then they fight out of it. Thor does it in Thor Ragnarok. With who? Um, oh, goodness. He's, With Hela? Or maybe it's not... Well, she does it. she does it at the beginning of Avengers, and then she does it in the middle... Um, to Loki, you're a monster. And he's right, like, I'm yeah, going to yeah. unleash the monster. Yeah, he's like, oh, that's monster, your play. Yeah. You're going to... Okay. Um, it happens a lot in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Coulson does it at least once. Coulson um, would be good at that. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's... I've definitely... I can't think of anything specifically, but after that, this movie, I've definitely noticed a lot. And I love how the MCU reuses stuff like that. It's like, oh, how can we make the character you know, progresses in, oh, they've learned this from Black Widow, now they're going to use it. I think that's really cool. Something I noticed after I watched the movie, you know, four or five times after. (laughs) I think there's, I think there's the double, it's a double-sided coin, because I really like when they reuse tropes, or find a way to reuse a character, or an actor, or something. But then, on the other hand, this movie was so successful and the other movies before, like Phase One, we were talking about this because you were watching some of the other ones with me. They're more serious, except for like Iron Man because he's Iron Man, he's wisecracking. Yeah. But this one's like everybody's wisecracking because Joss Whedon. That's just like what he wanted to do or what how he writes. And then after this movie, they're like trying to figure out how to follow it up, but they're like more wisecracks. Everyone wants wisecracks. Gosh, Age of Ultron. And they got the an, opening is like all wisecracks. Well, that's that didn't surprise me. Language. And I like I like Age of Ultron. But like I'm talking about like Iron Man three, Thor oh, yeah. two, it was it was kind of a pain, just because they were like more influenced by this movie, um, and then I think they finally kind of got out of it like more director driven stories and they got more serious or like if it's a comedy it's going to be a comedy if it's serious then it's going to be more serious, but it was just kind of a rut that they got in for for a little bit there, which we'll talk about I'll be talking about for sure moving forward did you I have a question for you did you think that Joss Whedon always wanted to do the Nat Bruce love story like seeing Natasha and Bruce in this movie did you think that he was planning for that love story to happen later on like it did in Age of Ultron no I don't I, maybe I don't I don't know it, I just found uh, it odd that I guess Coulson like no one no shield agent has interacted directly with the Hulk so I understand why they had Natasha do it. Yeah. Like, I thought that whole scene was really good, just because Mark Ruffalo is fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Like, he he's very different from Edward Norton. You kind of learned that early on, but it, it's, he, it, it was seamless almost for him to just slide in there to the movie. Like, I didn't feel like it was a big change. Yeah. Yeah, um, maybe. I don't know. The the girl in Incredible Hulk just completely disappeared. I don't remember her name. <laughs> it's Betty Ross. Betty Ross, yeah, she's gone. She gone. I mean, like, not even talked about. Yeah, because they mentioned Jane Foster in this movie, and she's in Thor 2, but they mentioned her. But she, that other girl, Betty Ross, phew, I mean, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yeah. 
And I mean, it would be weird. Wouldn't it be weird to see Betty Ross with Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner? Yeah, that wouldn't work. Well, Betty Ross is just do his Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> this is way off topic, but I feel Bruce. like Rachel McAdams also almost doesn't fit in the MCU either because I've seen her in too many other things. <laughs> other things that are like just not the MCU. She's awesome in Doctor Strange. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. I agree with you because it's hard to. I mean, she yeah, she's a great actor. If I if I hadn't. I wouldn't say that if I hadn't seen any other movies, but I've seen so many other movies with her. <laughs> about time. Gosh. She's not that different about time. But some of like the notebook, she's all of I don't know. Yeah. I have a lot anyway. of opinions about Rachel McAdams. Don't We're going talk off topic, yeah. We're super off topic. So we talked about Ruffalo versus Norton. Oh, I put this I wrote this down the beginning of hey, here's the World Security Council. They suck. Yeah. Also, um, I like that they, you know, the guys on the World Security Council, they use them in the MC, in the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Really? One of the guys that's in the shadows, the big guy that talks like, I don't know. World uh, War isn't won by sentiments. Yeah. Theory. Or director. <sighs> what is his name? He's in the MCU, and uh, he tries to resurrect the Hydra God. Um, and then it turns, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's season three. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Watch it. It's good. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Jump back. But well, I mean, like, that was not... like three seasons ago. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, don't listen to this podcast. I did like that line by that guy, because he's like, war isn't won by sentiment, and then Fury's like, no, it's won by soldiers, and then that, that goes straight into Captain America, and just boxing and destroying stuff. Just boxing. Just boxing, <laughs> yeah. I kind of liked how they did Captain America boxing and then, and actually the first episode of Daredevil, he does it too. Daredevil 1, season 1, kind of pan, like follows Avengers 1 more than any other movie, than any other show did on Netflix. And then after that, they're just like, Avengers 1 is the only event that happened. <laughs> yeah. I really got excited the first time especially, but when I when you first see Iron Man, like with Stark Tower... Yeah. I was really giddy. I bet you haven't played this. Have you ever played Ultimate Alliance? Ultimate Alliance, no. So it was a Marvel game from like 2006. But it's it's not the best combat. Like the gameplay is not super great, but it's a great storyline. And you like have like it's Doctor Doom's like taking over the world essentially. Yeah. And you're going to different locations. But like the first main base you have is Stark Tower. Wow. And so, Actually, I think I've played that with you once, because I remember that. Either we, either I think Luke had a copy of the second one, which yeah. is about Civil War. But yeah, we were in. You go, you go to Stark Tower. It was awesome. Um, I sh- oh, I wrote this. Um, the helicarrier also made me really excited. That scene's just really well done. Yeah. Um, the music in this movie is fantastic. Um, it's the same guy that did if Infinity War and Endgame and Back to the Future, some other stuff. I, should, I wrote this down. Agent Coulson should never design a costume. Wait, why? Because he designed Captain America's costume in this movie. Oh, I... That's, like, that's what's, like, assumed. Oh, my gosh. Like the, head, the, the, head, the helmet is... That looks so uncomfortable. I think Almost every, vision I think, level. <laughs> I, think all of, I think all of the suit is bad, but the helmet's, like, a kind of egg-shaped. Yeah. And then the... I mean, the chest piece is also hard to look at. It's like taped like a cross or something, like yeah, some kind of straight jacket or something. And then the pants are just, oh my gosh. But gosh, the red boots are good. Gosh, I've noticed, okay, so something that's so funny, I, I play disc golf. Right. Um, so I know how a disc flies and how, like what different, different discs do and how if they're built weird, they fly differently. He's an expert, essentially. Captain America's disc, holy moly, what... What the crap? He throws it like vertically, and it flips up to flat, and then hits something, and then comes back. It's like, <laughs> it's like a disc slash boomerang, and I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> like you, th- like if you watch it, he throws it. Like you try, you go outside, take a frisbee, and you throw it vertically, like like where the nose is almost completely down, and you see if it flips up to flat and hits something. <laughs> It's gonna, it's gonna do it. 
Oh my gosh! Like you know, normally like you throw it, you know, horizontally, <laughs> keep it flat so it flies, you know, straight. But this thing, if you throw it on a, you know, an almost a ninety degree angle, it'll just you know flip up to flat and then hit something, and then come back to you. I think the disc physics gets better. Yeah, but it's still and then Spider Man's like that does not obey the law of physics at all. That's what I was gonna mention. But I think Winter Soldier, especially, like it, it gets better. Where like he'll yeah. lose the he'll lose the disc sometimes. Yeah, because it's not always gonna come back. And then Age of Ultron was like, let's slap a magnet on it. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Stark's like, let's just slap a magnet on it, come back to him. Um, what did you think of Loki as the main villain of this movie? Um, gosh, especially because we watched Hiddleston. Thor together too. Yeah, he is really good. I really like Loki. In fact, I'm so excited for Loki. The new series coming up is going to be so good. But Loki, Tom Hiddleston is such a great, dedicated actor. And just to think that he was trying out for Thor, but they told him, you know, I think he'd be a better Loki. And then he just stepped up into that role. And he's just a great... It's like it's like he's just this border of evil and good that makes him interesting. Like, you know, is he going to do the right thing? He has this opportunity, and then he's like, no, I'm going to be the god of mischief. And then, you know, in further movies, he changes even more, but it's just so cool to see, you know, there there's a lot of buildup in this movie that pays off in Infinity War. Yeah. Um, And now they're going to, it's like, now they have like a second chance because of Infinity War and uh, Endgame to like, redo his character and actually continue the storyline, which is really cool. But there's definitely a lot of buildups on this where like, is he, he never makes the right decision. He always, you know, he chooses evil in this whole movie, but you can see that they're, they're building towards something else. In yeah. Cause in infinity war, he, you see how far he's come across these movies. Yeah. And ironically enough, Thor two actually does a lot of the groundwork yeah. for that, which is, it's not a great movie, but yeah, you're absolutely so, right. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where they're making a pro- like he like. There's no antagonist, one antagonist. I mean, maybe Iron Man, but Loki is the main protagonist. He this. was the only one they had at yeah. this time that was anything notable. And to take a protagonist like that in such an early movie, and then through like four other movies, turn him into a protagonist, antagonist from some kind of pro- antiheroish. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool. And Tom, yeah, Tom Hilson blew it out of the park. Yeah, it was hard for them to. It was hard for them to even get a good villain to even match it. Yeah, I think Ultron is good, but he has some bad parts. And then yeah. Thanos is good. Yeah. Yeah, I really like. There's just a lot of depth to his character. I I like how he he's manipulating. He's kind of. They say that he's kind of manipulated by the mind stone in this movie that's okay. what makes him more evil i would say probably not not to not to the degree like he's not full-on possessed by it he's just drunk with power and super evil yeah what did you think about colson's death um i thought it was really good um i liked how he Coulson, through all the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is always the guy who stands up. He's like he's like the underdog who, he's not a superhero, but he always stands up for what's right. And even when no one else could go in there, he stood up against Loki, you know. And he died, but that makes his character so much more interesting for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. films. And that's another thing that's like unheard of. Like, we're going to make a major character in a movie die but then build an entire you know now going to be eight season series around this guy he's like the main protagonist of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. besides I mean Quake is kind of there but they Phil build Coulson. to that but Phil Coulson's like from he's the, the main guy um and gosh that his character has changed so I mean he's died so many times like comic, I, he's a classic comic book character yeah I mean he's not even like spoiler alert if you haven't seen season seven all of season seven, don't listen to this. But Agent Colson died in season four or season five at the like he's like gone, he dies. Season six uh, at the end of season five, and then season six, 
they bring him back as an alien who stole the face of Coulson. The whole, and you're trying to figure out if he's an alien. And then at the... Um, actually, that my, that's season seven. He dies at the end of season six. Season seven's that. And then at the end of season seven, they're like, we need to go back in time. And they go back in time and they're like, how are we going to navigate all of this history? And they're like, well, we, we brought back the only man who could. And then Coulson steps out of a closet. It's like, or basically before that, they're like, well, you know, we shouldn't have done this, but it was the only way we resurrected Coulson again. And he like steps out, but he's like Coulson, almost like uh, Captain Marvel Coulson. Like he's younger and they've resurrected him from a younger age, and now now they're in the eighties oh for season eight that hasn't come out yet. So he his character has had so many resurrections and deaths, and it's just awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. So they have like a now they have a time remnant Coulson. Yeah. Oh my god. But he's he's like a time remnant Coulson in the body of an LMD, a life model decoy. So it's got the mind of Coulson, but he doesn't have the memories of Coulson. He does. Okay. Of course he does, because he has to for the yeah plot. for the for the history yeah. So it's it's yeah his his character transformation. I mean, so in in the MCU Avengers first movie, they did really good. I really like Coulson's and character. he said everyone needed, likes him. And he said they needed something to push them to together. And then he dies before he can even finish the statement. Yeah, and then um, one th- one th- I guess I don't know if it's a trope or a theme or what. There's a whole theme through throughout a lot of superhero movies that it's better to lie to give a push than to tell the truth and to not. I don't know if I like that. I feel like you could tell the truth and push the Avengers to do because he lot like Sam most Jackson. of it's not a, not all of it's a lie. Yeah, um, it happens in Batman too. At the end of uh, Batman Begins or Dark, the Dark No, it's at the Dark Knight when uh, Harvey kills himself, but Batman says, you know, it's better to lie. And let them think it's me. Yeah, it's like, and be the, the Joker hero. cannot win. Yeah. Yeah. We keep going that. back to Batman <laughs> every episode. Batman always gets mentioned in But that's ones. that's the thing, you know, lie to, you know, do the right thing. I, don't, I feel like there's a way to do the right thing without lying. The playing cards was the only, was the thing that he lied about. Yeah. Yeah, they, I guess they needed the push, but Coulson was such a good character. I feel like that, that could push them enough. He could just show him video. Yeah. <laughs> Because you know there's a security cam somewhere in that ship. But that scene is the... That scene following that... Well, really that whole scene, like that one, and then the conversation between Tony and Steve after that is all really... It's probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Because he does the iconic, there was an idea. (laughs) Yeah. But it's interesting how they did the whole Avengers initiative because they referenced it in Iron Man 1 way back. And then yeah, yeah. Iron Man 2, they're like, yeah, Iron Man, we want Iron Man, but we don't want Tony Stark. We'll just take you on as a consultant. Yeah. And so Tony Stark's like, I didn't qualify, but also... And then the security council at the beginning of this movie is like, the Avengers initiative was scrapped. Like, they didn't want to do it. Which, naturally, why would why would a government want to do something like that? Yeah. And then they just end up having to do it anyway. That's really good. I... One of the things that really kind of frustrated me about this movie... It's not a big thing. I still liked it, but I didn't like that Hawkeye was posi- was bad guy for like Half of 80% me. of me. It's like sort of comic related because he's like a thief in the beginning of this comics arcs and he becomes a hero, but like yeah. we didn't need to see that on film. We also didn't need to see him as a bad guy in film, but I can understand that Loki versus all of S.H.I.E.L.D. wouldn't have panned out without having their best agent on his side of it. Yeah. I mean, also later on, I mean... They use it later on in the movies, both in Avengers 2, about mind control, where the where everyone gets mind controlled, and then Hawkeye takes down the Scarlet Witch and is like, I'm not doing that again. Um, He's like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've already gone through that. They, they use it well, at least. You know, they keep talking about it. He's awesome in Age of Ultron. I'm glad that he gets a lot more time in that movie. Um, something I liked about this movie, too, is Thor is really... He's he just he's improved upon again. Thor is like a con, he's like a gift that never stops giving. Like he always gets better every movie that he's in. Yeah. And in this one, he's really he's really try he still believes that Loki's good. And he's like 
the he made he made me want to believe that Loki would finally do the right thing, and then he doesn't. Yeah. Even at the end, like right before Loki stabs him, I still I thought Loki was about to turn and like do a good thing, and he didn't. End this, brother. Some of the best quotes of the movie um, <clears throat> from Loki is this not is not this your natural state? You were made to be ruled. That trailer. Remember the first trailer where he was like, "You were made to be ruled." I actually didn't <laughs> see the trailer for this movie. Oh, okay, so the beginning of it's yeah. like just you're you're. It's like a really. It's not actually in the movie. I don't think you're just like flying through the city, like through this block, and the buildings are just flying by. And he's like, "You were made to be ruled." And then there's like fire and just blow, stuff blowing up in New York City. He's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "In the end, you will always kneel," or something like that. One of the things I noticed, not for the first time this past time I watched it, but the time before that was the guy standing up and he's like, there is no man like me. And then he's like, there will always be men like you. And then... Um, I like that they he, did that whole scene in Germany too. That was... Yeah, and it, really yeah, kind of going back to... Um, and then Captain America says, you know, the last time I saw a man standing above everyone else in Germany... We ended up disagreeing. Um, yeah, and it was kind of almost kind of a reference to Hitler and the Holocaust, slightly. Um, but I, I just thought that cool, like just the idea that you know it's not about dictatorship and uh, one person ruling over all. You know, I like how the culture has changed. Yeah, um, Captain America one did the same thing where Erskine, the doctor. He's like, most people forget that the first country that the Nazis invaded was Germany. So yeah. he says that, and then this movie does more. So I really like how they put that together. Like, that's just a, a healthy opinion to have. Yeah. Like a healthy way, view of culture. Some other great lines from this movie. Uh, Agent Romanoff, you miss me? Then ACDC comes on. <laughs> I have a plan, attack. AV override. AV override. Or, yeah, it was like audio system override. Yeah. Like, like he would have a message to say that. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it would tell you. I feel also, like computers wouldn't actually tell you that. To hack that is like... <laughs> it's just so... So much hacking that he's just, you he, know, well, he has doing... Well, he has Jarvis to do all of it for uh, him. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny. It's interesting that they that phase two is going on like he had he had to hack to find phase two, but then he also conveniently didn't find Hydra. Yeah, goodness. So they're really good at hiding, I guess. Oh, that scene before when he's talking about phase two, Tony uh, Robert Downey Jr. was trying to sneak on uh, snacks onto the set, and he they kept taking them away from him. Yeah, but that scene, he has like a bag of blueberries, and he's just eating them, and like he just did it. He he kind of snuck it into the movie, like before they could go back and reshoot it. Yeah, and so there's a part where he Blueberry? like, yeah, he holds it out to uh, Bruce Banner. Mark Ruffalo is kind of like it's like it's both Mark Ruffalo and Bruce Banner. They're like looking at it, they look at him, they look at it, and then they take some. Yeah, and it just works out really well. I just find that funny when people do that, like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven. He almost every single shot of the movie he's eating something yeah this podcast was brought to you by chocolatey fun cocoa puffs Mm. i can't think of how many times i've started my day and i just didn't have any chocolatey cookie cocoa puffs in my mouth (laughs) chocolatey cookie puffs yeah and uh man i go through my day and if i didn't have chocolatey cocoa puffs in my mouth it just ruins my entire day i mean i go to work i go to you know my shopping and i'm just so much worse off without my chocolatey cocoa puffs but if you go to their website www.chocolateyfuncocoapuffs.org and use our discount at avengers.mcujvu.slash blue collar the third gazebo effect with a j you can get 13 percent off your second purchase on the website. So go there now. Don't forget this only lasts for the next 10 days. So get your computer, grab it, go. But let's get back to the episode. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to get into uh, MCU connections? There sure. are way too many. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. 
gosh. Oh, last thing about the story before we move on. The New York scene, all of the fight scenes, some of the best stuff I've seen on cinema. Mm. Top in the MCU. So good. Super good. Uh, the circle shot when they're all like lining up. Oh, the first assemble back. shot. I just go to YouTube just to watch that. Gosh, I've seen so many of those where like uh, Thor is grabbing his hammer, but he misses it. Oh, the blooper, <laughs> yeah. the blooper where it's like because it's on a string and he's like flipping yeah. around. He's just laughing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, MCU connections. At the beginning, they say Nick Fury's. What? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my dog is having a nightmare. Just one second. It's okay, Winston. It's okay. We're surrounded by <laughs> cute, you, sweet Did dogs. you see what happened when I touched him? He was like, it's okay. Sorry, he, he starts barking in his sleep when he has nightmares. And Anyway, <laughs> he was thinking about all the MCU connections. Yeah, there's just too many. Too many to mention. No, How can you do no, it? Yeah. How can you do it? <laughs> there's so many. The truth is, we're not going to make all of them, but that's okay. Yeah. Nick Fury says this is a level seven. There's references to, um, in the one shot, the consultant, which I actually talked about, you watched with me, Sitwell says that he's like a level six clearance, but there's actually a level seven, which is like Coulson and Mariah Hill, I guess. Um, Tony Stark says, like, you have 12% of the credit, which, to Pepper, which Guardians of the Galaxy says 12% again. It's just kind of a weird number that keeps continuing. There's a bunch of other times they use it, but that's the only two I can think of right now. Um, Stark puts the briefing about the Avengers on the screens and there's like shots from Incredible Hulk and New Mexico and whatever. Um, Cap one. There's some mentions about a cellist with Coulson. That's in it. That's in Age of Shield. Shield. And they mention it twice. Actually, there's a part where when Tony Stark's walking into the helicarrier, just as Tony Stark after fighting with Thor and stuff. Yeah. He's talking like side handed to Coulson that he's like, I'll just, he's like, I'll just fly out there for a weekend, you know, keep the love alive. So like he's offering to like send Coulson to Portland to see the cellist. Yeah. Which is super nice of him. Yeah. And that doesn't work out in the MCU or in no. the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But you know, at least it connects. Gosh, there's so many connections. Um, yeah. Bruce talks about, um, they're like, is it a submarine? And he says, great, me in a pressurized metal container, mm. which is actually a reference that. to Incredible yeah. Hulk, which... Again, I think that's just writing. Like, it's the same guy writing it, so he just went out his way to do that. I love the connection between um, just, it's like a connection slash character building of in Avengers 1 is a foreshadowing of the end of Infinity War. It's the, It foreshadows the end of Avengers, but it also foreshadows the end of, of um, Endgame, where Captain America says to Iron Man, you're not going to be the guy to lay down to lay down on the wire, you know. And he says, "I'm just going to cut the wire." And he says, "Sometimes you know, there's always going to be a way out." Um, or Captain America says, "You always got to find the way out." But sometimes there's not a way out. And at the end of Avengers, he sacrifices himself almost by putting the nuke in the, you know, he's completely willing to, like he's yeah. going to, he's probably going to die. Yeah, so he's going to make he makes a sacrifice play, and you know that's foreshadowed by that. But also at the very end of the end game when he actually does sacrifice his life, you know, you always, I always thought it was going to be Captain America to make that sacrifice play. Cause he, it's At like, he try, yeah, he tries to do it. He tries to do it, tries to do it. And then I thought it was so cool how they made Captain America be the, you know, he gets to get old. He gets to go meet, you know, with his, like he tries yeah. to get the life that Tony wants him to get because Tony gets the life between, um, the five-year gap. Yeah, yeah. So they both get the life, but it's just it's just really cool. And um, we're definitely going to continue that conversation too because that's a big Avengers plot device. Yeah, is like the, the the parallel between Tony and Tony Stark and Captain America. Captain America trusts the system in this movie. Yes, he's kind of like Coulson. Yeah, he trusts the system. Iron Man does not. You go to Civil War. Captain America after, you know, Winter Soldier, Winter Captain Soldier, America does, yeah, he doesn't He trust. does not he does not trust the system almost because of Winter Winter Soldier, but Iron Man is like, no, we need to trust the system. We need a lockdown. We need boundaries. And so it's like completely changed, but we see the reasons for both characters to flip on what they, you know, believed on and then they come to an agreement and then in, in game, you know, and Tony Stark out. makes a lot of mistakes, and he knows that, and so part of yeah. it's like he's ashamed of the mistakes that he's made. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's that's a really good point. 
man, there's so many. But there's Gosh, there's the could, the characters are all the characters are all <laughs> the characters all come back. Um, the World Security Council comes back. Shield. There's more Helicarriers later on. Phil mm. Coulson comes back in Agents of Shield. I think that's really he needs to come back in in Avengers. I think that would be freaking awesome. Yeah, but I w- I feel like he should. But honestly, I don't know when the next. I feel like somewhere around 2022, they're plan 2023. They're planning another Avengers movie, but they're trying to keep it under wraps. I think it would be yeah. cool to see a new Avengers movie with like Captain Marvel and Black Panther and like the new kind of team. Yeah. That would be interesting. I don't know. She-Hulk. She-Hulk, yeah. That'd be cool if they brought back in Rocket brought in Disney Plus characters. That'd be really good. There's a part where um so in the last episode Luke said, pointed out that um Loki's a frost giant and it's never mentioned ever again. Very 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 briefly Loki says that Odin, his Thor's father, not his father, and he's like, he told you about my true parentage, did he not? That's it. That's the only other time it's mentioned. Yeah. But there it is. Um, feel free to toss in anything, any other MCU. Just, it doesn't, you don't have to have any more, because there's so many. Yeah, but. I mean, we go on forever. I mean, there's, uh, first of all, just the fact that all the characters are there, that connects to every other movie. I really like that, but I think this whole th- incident is has to, is is a big. I think we've touched on the big ones. Yeah, I think for sure. All right, now to the infamous OMG. I just noticed this section. If you have any ones you want to mention, Brandon, go for mm. it. I have a few actually. Um, the spear makes Loki bulletproof? Question mark. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I don't feel like <laughs> Asgardians were ever bulletproof before, but for whatever reason, he's bulletproof at the beginning of the movie when they're like shooting at him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're you know they're from Asgard, so they can deflect anything if 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 the movie needs to. If the movie needs to, <laughs> yeah. Um, the rules for sorry, go ahead. No, that's all. Okay, um, the rules for touching the Tesseract are way off, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even I, from even from when the movies before this came out to this movie. Yeah. It's like if they like before, you know, if they touched it, they're just gonna like, like Red Skull touched it, and then he just got shot up into space. But it then, is the space stone, though, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah. but well, that was the space stone. Yeah, it's that the was space. The it's the portal. The Tesseract's the space stone. That's why it makes the portal. Yeah. Um. Well, then you know, uh, in Avengers, you know, Fury touches it. He just puts it in a box. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like. It's like hot. Yeah, he just said barely. Yeah, he yeah. What? Yeah, it's what? like, <laughs> and then in Captain Marvel, she just like picks it up and flips it, like yeah. it's nothing. Which Captain Marvel is like the most durable, probably one of the most durable superheroes. Superheroes. So that would make sense. Yeah, it's, but Tesseract it's, math is weird all over physics. the place. Oh, and then of course Loki can touch it yeah. and hide it and conceal it without even worrying about it. Is it on his hip? Is it on a carabiner? He's got a carabiner for a Tesseract. Yeah. It's got a little it's got a little rope around it that's yeah, it's, made of knows? adamantium or vibranium or something. Um, something I noticed in this movie is Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner in this movie, is massive. Like jacked? He's jacked. He is jacked. He's bigger in this movie than he ever is again. Like he's got like He's old though. Yeah, but he's got the, well he wasn't that old. He was like thirties in this movie. Like late I 30s. thought he was like forty five. No. Tony Stark was though. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is like 40. He was 45 in this movie, I think. Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, Jeremy Renner is, yeah, he's not, he's, he's not, he's probably the second oldest, but he has that massive, like, the Thor bump. Yeah. He, I just, there's a point where he's like sitting, like where he's mind controlled and he's just sitting there and he's, and I'm like, he is freaking huge. Like he's bigger than Captain America in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like he wouldn't be able to fit in the suit that uh, Chris Evans was in. Um, the last one I wrote, there's certainly more, but Thor doesn't have the cape. Thor has the cape. Where'd he get the cape? Yeah. Cause he like falls out of the sky in the print container and he doesn't have his cape. And then he like picks up the hammer. Ooh, there was a really interesting point in there. I wanted to mention it before I forget. So there's a part where he tries to get call the cam, the hammer to his, his hand and it doesn't move. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in like, Basically, Thor has insecurities, yeah. and so if Thor is like insecure, then he is not like not worthy. But like, 
So it was like sometimes the hammer has a mind of its own. So he has to like bend down and pick it up. Yeah. I just thought that was really that was a weird thing that I didn't they notice did that. that. That's cool. They never call back to it. It was just super cool for that brief second. But yeah, and then Thor comes to New York and he has the full cape, which I'm like, I yeah. love the cape. Just they also fixed his, they fixed his eyebrows. I was yes. glad they did that. Uh. Um, now just for the cringe part, I only have one. Um, it's from, unfortunately, it, this line came from Dr. Selvig. Okay. <laughs> the hawk is in his nest as usual. Yeah. <laughs> that was awful. When I was 14, I hated that. He's in his nest as usual. It's just, and then later, Na, uh, Natasha just calls him Hawkeye, and it's just it's seamless. It's fine. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like, why? <laughs> I just don't. I don't. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny or what, but it was pretty good. Uh, I don't remember any other cringy things. Um, it seems to run on some form of electricity, but that was kind of like a callback of. It wasn't too cringy. Wasn't yeah. Too bad. Because of the way he said it. Because of Chris Evans, yeah. It'd be hard for him to say something cringy. Yeah. Um, who is your dark horse for this movie? Um, I can go first if you need me to. No, nah, I, I got it. Um, I've always really liked uh, Captain America. I just think he's such a good character. and You won't be able to use him again. Forgot to mention that before we started recording so if you use him this time okay you know he's just he's a great he's a great character um yeah i just really liked like his placement in the film and i thought he really tied it together i'm going to say bruce banner in this movie because mark ruffalo made he made the transition really good and he's really he's kind of entertaining like where she's saying something and he just slams his fist and says like stop lying to me so he like points pulls the gun at him because he just he's more in control over it and I like how he's just always cranky yeah like I'm always angry doesn't really make sense but it's it's fine it works I'm always hungry I'm always hungry <laughs> I'm I, always hungry I'm hungry right now after this episode I'm probably gonna get some chocolatey fun cocoa puffs mm, me too with my mm. discount yeah <laughs> <laughs> Brandon. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for hosting me. Yeah. At your house with your dogs that are having nightmares. About yeah, the mic is on a pillow on an oven mitt right now. That's what we've, we've set up here. It works out. It, <laughs> it works does. well. Um, listeners, thank you for popping in with us. Make sure to subscribe and uh, follow us on social media to make sure you never miss an episode. And, of course, leave a review as it helps us out a lot. Share the content with your friends if you love what you're listening to. Any final words, Brandon? Mm. Yes, just three. Okay.